Hi, I'm Dirk Friel, co-founder of Training Peaks, and you're listening to the Training Peaks Coachcast. I'll be sitting down with expert endurance coaches and amazing athletes, each with special stories to tell. At its heart, Training Peaks is about helping you create the best journey possible towards your endurance goals. We hope these stories inspire you to get out there, train with purpose, and never be afraid to sign up for that next big challenge. This is a special Tour de France sprint episode of the CoachCast, and today I'm pleased to have as my guest, Dr. Inigo Sanmian. He is an associate research professor at the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, Department of Human Physiology and Nutrition. Besides working as a researcher, he is also the high performance director for Team United Arab Emirates, which just won the Tour de France with a young Slovenian rider, Tade Pojakar. Dr. Sanmian has coached Tade for two years and was instrumental in helping him win the 2020 Tour de France. I hope you enjoy this Tour de France sprint episode and learn a few tips that you can apply to your training. Dr. Inigo Sanmian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Dirk. It's a pleasure to me. Man, you you just won the Tour de France. I mean, if we can't have Tade Pojakar on the podcast, I think the next best person to have on is his coach. So congratulations. That's got to be such an amazing feeling. Thank you, Dirk. Yeah, it's just like, a, yeah, it feels very, very good. Uh, and especially I'm very happy for for, for Tade because, uh, yeah, he's, he's an amazing talent and he really deserved it and he has worked hard for it. But yeah, it's just like a, we were we were shooting for maybe next year or two years, right? But I think that everything has uh, arrived earlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and normally you'd probably have stayed up really late last night, having gone to parties with the team and really celebrated. But you weren't able to be there this year because of uh, COVID, correct? Yeah, that's right. For U.S. travelers, we were not allowed to go to Europe unless it's for essential uh, work. And I, it was hard to justify just to go to the through the France, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so people know. I mean, you and I actually go way back. I mean, I like twenty five years. We went to Colorado State University together. We were teammates together, cycling teammates. And even back then, you were working with Tour de France champions. I mean, we actually, you and I attended a training camp of uh, Team Benesto here in Boulder in the mid nineties. And you were, you were, you were close with that performance team, even, even back then. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was like a coincidence. I remember those, those times, <laughs> like if it was just <laughs> yesterday, man, and time flies by, but yeah, it happened to be that Miguel Indurain that he had, uh, he was going to come to Colorado, right. For a training camp. And, uh, I just helped out a little bit with some of the logistics, right. When they came here and yeah, we got to, to write a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. <laughs> well, I mean, all that experience is just a lifelong, you know, work um, kind of culminating here, you know, maybe with Tade. And uh, how long have you worked with uh, Tade? So I met him at the end of uh, uh, 2018, okay. in the, like November in the first training camp of the team. And yeah, and, and, and that's when I did the first physiological test. And I, I, I realized that this guy was well, from a whole different level, right? And uh, he had won, obviously, also the, the Tour de l'Avenir, right? The baby tour. So that's, you know, most most of the times, most of the winners of the Tour de uh, l'Avenir, they, they become one of the best ones in the world. And and, 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 and some even win the, the big tour, right? 
but so yeah, why we, we realized that his Italian was amazing. And that's when I started working with him, you know, coaching him. And yeah, for the last two years, it's been fun. It's, it's very easy to, to coach him. It's, it's one of the easiest athletes I've ever worked with. Well, we're seeing athletes being, obviously, he's the he's actually the second youngest winner of the Tour de France. He's 21 years old, uh, but he's the youngest in the modern age. I, I saw in 1904, I think a 19-year-old won in 1904, but we're sort of seeing a trend here of athletes signing world tour contracts um, at an earlier age. And obviously this is amazing. I mean, historically we tend to think of tour de France champions as having maybe five tours under the belt at least, you know, until they can actually pull one off. But now we're seeing um, uh, last year's winner Bernal win at age 23, I believe. Um, what did specifically did you see in him other than the Tour de l'Avenir victory? You mentioned the the lab testing. I mean, what what kind of gave uh, you indications from from testing? Well, his his lactate clearance capacity is, is extraordinary. The, the ability of him to clear lactate is it's amazing compared to what what you know. I, I've been testing hundreds of athletes, right, and and I've been working with a, or testing a lot of uh, professional cyclists. So, I, I uh, lactate is a very highly predictor performance mm -hmm. and uh and, and i have like a huge database out there so i have a very good uh, uh cheat sheet right where i can mm -hmm. see where uh you know when i do the protocol that i started like 20 years ago or so uh, i know where you fall into which category so right away i saw that the lactate levels at different power outputs of today during the test they, they're only belong to to the world class they don't belong right to the average world tour even, right? Uh, but they're like in the, in, the, in the highest class. So that's where we see, wow, this guy, and, and this protocol is very predictive. I use, the, I use it a lot, and it's very, very predictive to know uh, the performance. So that's what I- And so, it, and, and this is a sub-maximal. I mean, he doesn't even have to go, you're, not, you're seeing this well below VO2 max. I mean, his actual curve starts out very flat. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We start, I start seeing right off the bat, right? And uh, you see like he starts with 0 0.6 millimoles of lactate and 0 0.7 and 0 0.8 and, and 0 0.9 and, and 1 and 1.1 and 1.2 millimoles, right? So where, where the rest uh, even work through, right? When he's at 1.2 millimoles, they're already at 3 millimoles of lactate, right? Right. And, right. And, and, and by the time he's 3 millimoles of lactate, the average pro, uh, I mean, world tour rider, he's at six so he's well below threshold and and the others are about threshold that's when right. you start seeing like wow th this is something different you know right and are you and aren't you also doing longer stages within the lab test yes. they're a power wattage for how many minutes yeah so i started this protocol like about i would say yeah, almost 20 years ago because i was seeing that, that most of the protocols that people were doing were short protocols one uh -huh. minute two minutes three minutes and, and, and I would not see any difference within, within a, a professional group. You will usually see that <clears throat> the bigger riders were always the best. And the smaller and shorter riders that with lower weight, they were always the worst on the team. But those ones sometimes would be podium in the two the fronts, right? And, and so there's no way you could, you could tell an athlete who has been podium in the two the fronts that he's one of the worst on the team. So the, I started to rechange the protocol because, um, when you do a, a, an absolute watts protocol, it's right. it's not fair for those who are smaller, right? right. Especially when you do a short uh, stage protocol, 
So that's why I decided to do first like a, a watts per kilogram to normalize it, right? And and I increased 0.5 watts per kilogram at a time. And then okay. instead of one or three minutes, I did 10 minutes. Okay. Because many times the, the, the lactate, for example, that you, you collect in a three-minute protocol might not be from that specific three-minute protocol, might be some from the previous protocol. I mean, the previous mm-hmm. step, sorry, right? So that's why uh, it, it, it plays out really well. And that's what I can see at half time. I mean, of that state step, like about five minutes, you can see that two, two athletes can be three millimoles, for example, of lactate. And one of them, uh, five minutes later in the same step, still three millimoles, and the other one is already at seven, right? So that's right. when you see how it predicts more of the performance within a longer period of time, let's say 10 minutes. Right. So this, would you call it maybe the aerobic threshold? Would By having a higher aerobic threshold, you're pushing off, you're able to almost maintain um, like this a capability towards the end of the race. You're saving reserves for the end. How can people go about improving that capability? So one of the things that I've been focusing on these years is like what I, what I call the mitochondrial function. This is, this is key because uh, this is where we oxidize fuels, where we burn the different fuels. We use uh, carbohydrates, fats, and, 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 and some protein as well, right? But the key is to uh, uh, utilize more uh, fatty acids for energy purposes, it's like uh-huh. your diesel gasoline, so you you, you save uh, glycogen for the end. But especially, it's very important to clear lactate because um, every time you use glucose for energy purposes, always the mandatory byproduct of glucose is lactate. Mm-hmm. And uh, when lactate builds around this in, in the muscle cells, uh, it starts uh, disturbing the whole equilibrium of the cell and decreases the, both the muscle contraction force and velocity. And this is one of the things that is, it's, it's part of the whole milieu of things involved in, in, in performance. So you need to really clear lactate very well. And, and the only place where you can clear it fast is in the mitochondria. And those mitochondria are mainly in the uh, slow twitch muscle fibers. So lactate produced in the fast twitch muscle fibers from high intensity exercise, it has to be exported all the way to, to the adjacent muscle fiber, which is the type one or slow twitch in the mitochondria to be burned. So that's what we've been focusing on improving that mitochondrial function in those specific uh, uh, slow twitch muscle fibers. So through this uh, physiological testing and the protocol that I do, that's where we can understand the, the specific training zones to stimulate those mitochondria. And how would, so is this a, a typical zone two most people might refer to it? Yeah, that, that's what I call the zone two, yes. Right, and how, what's a typical, so, Going back to Tade, if, if he's so world-class at that capability, do you then ignore that? Or how do you, how do you improve it? Or what has been the focus of Tade going into the Tour de France? Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the four months leading into the Tour. If he's already world-class there, are you trying to maintain it and improve some other aspect of his training? Well, the, we, the, 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 that mitochondrial function, is, it, it's always improvable. No matter okay. if you're like a like a category four or you're a world class, and this is what we keep focusing. And every every year we keep pushing it and pushing it, and that's why he has improved about 20, 30 watts, about twenty watts, yeah, maybe thirty from last year, right? Uh, so so that's what we've been focusing. But because the whole thing is that when we see those results of like maybe going, you know, with five hours in the legs, you know, and, and doing the the last climb at 6.3, 6.4 watts per kilogram. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not about 
how much power output you can put out, uh, you know, from from zero on a climb, right? This is like mm-hmm. how fresh your legs right. arrive to that spot, right? And this is this is the key. So you have to travel through the race very economic, uh, by energetically speaking, and, and you can only do that by by having very good mitochondrial function, where you can first utilize a lot more fat than the others, so you can save glycogen. And also, you don't produce or you don't accumulate much lactate because you clear it out, so you, you arrive much fresher. And that's where that's right. that's the key. Like, uh, you know, I, for example, we haven't done much uh, sprint work or even okay. accelerations. You know, and this is a. I, rem- I always remember in the Tour of Valencia this year at the beginning of the season, uh, he won the overall and he won it in uh, the mountain stage. And he accelerated super, super fast to, Val- to Valverde, right? And it's very difficult to outspring Valverde, right? <laughs> right, And right. so at first, you know, like some people say, yeah, he needs a little bit more of spring capacity. And like, uh, yeah, he, 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 he beat him very easily. He hadn't done any sprint. Right. The thing is that first, genetically, he has that ability. But also, it's just like you never sprint your 100% at the end of the mountain stage. You might only put out your 80%. Of maximum right. power output, but uh, maybe Tade puts the eighty-five percent because he arrives there fresher. So on the climb, right. maybe lactate uh, his lactate was let's say four millimoles, whereas uh, uh, Valverde maybe was like seven, right? Mm. So he arrived more cooked than Tade, right. and, and that's why you don't need to even put your hundred percent; you just put five percent more, right? Yeah. So how so? Practically speaking, what do you put in training peaks to help improve? this capability of his that it, that improved by 30 watts what type of specific training was he doing that yeah. you would prescribe to him so the way I, the way i look at training and this is from my physiological um training you know because i'm a physiologist by training and, and look at even muscle biopsies looking by energetics you know in different areas of research so the way i look at training is about different energy systems Right, so you need to ver- mm-hmm. be very good at that. What, what is called the oxidative energy system, which also can be called the aerobic, is the mm-hmm. energy system where you kind of what I was describing. You improve the mitochondrial function, the ability to clear lactate, the ability to utilize fatty acids. That's absolutely key, right? Right. But it is also key to have a very good glycolytic capacity, and the glycolytic capacity is that turbo, right? Is the ability to use a lot of glucose and fast to produce uh-huh. energy. So you need to utilize. I mean, you need to stimulate the energy system, and uh, and then uh, not as important, especially for someone for a GC like today, you need to improve the the, the sprint capacity, right? But since it's not, uh, and that's another energy system, and since that mm-hmm. is not as important for today, he tends to do that in the competition. Um, but we focus mainly several days a week. We train at the zone two. Uh, uh, you know, several days a week, we specifically either specifically train the glycolytic capacity or we build a glycolytic training within a session of zone two, which in a way stimulates competition as well. Right. So that's kind of, we, we break it down and, and, uh, and obviously for us training peaks is it it would not, it would be impossible to work with, with, with him and nowadays without training peaks. So it's, it's our Bible. Right. And so he's just doing monotonous long miles, but they're not long slow miles. Exactly. Yes. Uh, that's where we find the sweet spot of what 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 he's okay. doing to is, right? Yeah, that's right. that's yeah, that's a very good point because 
sometimes people think, oh, it's six 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 hours on the bike, but it's just very easy aerobic. Uh, that's not going to get you very far. You need right. to. You has to be your own uh, stimulus to to improve that mitochondrial function. We obtain that from the metabolic testing, and that's our the lactate testing too. And that's what we, we, we see very well uh, where his training zones. Uh, and yeah, right. as you said very well, yeah, his, his zone two, it, it would be like, I could only do that for five minutes. It would be like uh, right. the highest exercise training session for me. But for today, he can do that for five hours. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, his, he won the Tour de France in that final time trial on Saturday. Um, and did he go recon that? Uh, outside of just reconning the actual course, how much time did he spend on the time trial bike in preparation for that day? Yeah, so he's been training uh, quite a bit on the on the time trial uh, because after COVID nineteen, first uh, the first race he had was the Slovenian National Championships, and mm-hmm. one of them was the time trial championships. And then we knew about this this key this time trial. You know, thirty six kilometers is a very long time trial. Right. Um, so we have specifically worked those 36 kilometers. So first, uh, in, in different ways, uh, he has seen in, in, in person in July, uh, in, in France, he went in uh-huh. and did the parkour or organized with the team, with mechanics. He, he practiced the, the, the bike change as well. He memorized okay. everything. And then, uh, also he's been, uh, doing about, you know, one hour time trials to just for this, for this purpose, you know, and that's important, you know, because it's difficult to 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 prepare a, a one hour long time trial doing, you know, like a twenty minute efforts for that, right? right? And, and this is why it's important because the way you would listen to your body, you know, and you see like how you you mess up big time because you started very fast in the first, uh, you know, fifteen k, and then you pay for that in the in the second fifty k. You can only do that if you do like the same amount of time that you're going to be doing in the tour. Right, right, and, and that's what he's been learning, and and of course he's super, super smart, and he knows his body very well. So, yeah, and, and he did full gas too when he did the time trial in in, in recon in uh, July. He did it full gas, like he did yesterday. Really, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I loved actually that he didn't have a power meter on. You know, he didn't want anything to hold him back. Yes, that I mean, we had nothing to lose, right? Um, and and uh, if he looks at the power meter, sometimes they get blocked because they're obsessed with the power output, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, yeah, it, it, or they start looking and they lose focus. And, and, and Tade, his nature, he's a beast. He, he, he's not afraid <laughs> of anything, right? If he, yeah. if he dies, he will die killing someone <laughs> on the bike, right? <laughs> and, and that's why he said, like, I'm going for it. And we had nothing to, to, we have references all the time, of course, right? But the plan, it was also to surprise Roglic because many, many writers, they were maybe more conservative at the beginning, Right, thinking that right. the climb is hard, uh, but but Teresa, I'm going to go like if if the if the if the, if the time trial finishes at the, at the bottom, and that's a f- the surprise factor that messed up with some you know some people's head too. It's like knowing that yeah. you're at the beginning and you're already a minute behind or half a minute, and then you mm-hmm. you start getting nervous because you not now you need to really crank it up. We had nothing to lose. The podium normally it was well the podium was for sure, um, part, you know he was there you know it was uh, we had him. We had the podium, but and the second position probably as well. So even if he would have mm-hmm. blown up in the time trial, he would have still been second, right? So we yeah. had nothing to lose. So he said, "Okay, there you go." And his suffering capacity is exceptional too. It's unbelievable how much he suffers. Also, yeah, I, I also saw in a post-race interview that 
he had no time checks. The crowd was so loud and the audio in his ear was just not high quality that he literally didn't have any time checks. He was just full gas, all out. And you have a great quote I saw that you posted. Um, his head is as privileged as his mitochondria. Yeah. Yeah. I he, love that. His head is amazing. He's, he's a super, <laughs> super, it's incredible. He, he's calm, relaxed. I guarantee you that the day of the time trial of the entire caravan of the tour, the most relaxed guy was Tale. I guarantee you. He wow. never gets nervous. Nothing gets him nervous. Nothing. nothing. Wow. And, uh, the, and, he reads the race. This is this is like a, a fun fact that that I, I that's when I realized that these guys are a whole different level. At the Tour of California last year, mm -hmm. when um, I forgot where it was the and he won the Tour of California. Yeah, exactly. So the the, the stage race before Mont Baldi, there was mm -hmm. like a three category climb or so, um, like about fifteen k from the finish line, and there was a group of like maybe I don't know fifteen riders or so. So some Ben, I mean, uh, uh, Bennett, right? And uh, Igita mm -hmm. attacked really hard, right? And they opened up a gap. And then in the downhill, they, they kept the gap and just in the false flat towards the finish line, they were caught by this 15 group. And Tade didn't attack. And I said, and when we got to the hotel, to the race, to the finish line, I said, Tade, but why in the world you didn't attack? Those guys are strong. You should have gone with them. You just kind of didn't attack. And, and luckily we, we caught him, right? But Tade uh -huh. said, well, I didn't attack on purpose. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, I knew, I, I, tomorrow is Monbaldi, and I wanted to know who are my enemies for tomorrow. Mm. So I let those guys to go, and I said, those guys are strong for tomorrow. Okay, check. But I want to know the rest. So I wanted just to stop, be with them, feel how they, breathe, they were breathing, listen to them, look at their faces, and, and I would start to kind of, you know, get rid of, Writers, and I saw right away none none of the writers on this group is going to do anything tomorrow. Those two guys are the ones to look for, to look wow. after tomorrow. And yeah, the next day was Monbaldi, and there was the, the only two guys who could do something to him. So a twenty year old guy back then, right, thinking mm -hmm. that in the middle of the of the intense moment of a race, it's outstanding, right? Yeah, master tactician. Uh, it sounds like f at least from age 19 on, we're going to have quite a few more years of, uh, I don't know, hopefully some more victories by Tade. I think everybody likes his demeanor, you know, and he's just seems like such a great guy to love. So thank you so much and congratulations on, on the big win. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you very much, Dirk. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Training Peaks Coachcast. For more episodes, visit trainingpeaks.com slash podcasts. Please head on over to Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you find your podcast to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Until next time, get out there, train with purpose, and never be afraid to sign up for that next big challenge. <laughs>